Welcome back into the mental game for a special solo episode because I am celebrating six months sober today and I can't believe I'm even saying that because I don't think I had gone six days sober since I was 18 years old and I'm about to turn 30 in two weeks so not great at math but that's 11, 12 years of me drinking a lot. Um, Maybe not every day early in that time period but the last five, six, seven, eight years, I probably drink almost every day. And I'm not ready to say I was an alcoholic or I had a drinking problem, but I did it a lot to cope with my mental health issues depression, the anxiety, the suicidal thoughts for years and years and years. And I finally got to a breaking point where I knew I needed to quit. And I can't believe I'm sitting here recording a podcast about me being six months sober, but I just wanted to tell my story about what it's been like for me quitting drinking with my mental health, my physical health, my my job, my dreams, my family, my friends, my life. It has been a game changer. It's been life changing. And I don't know if it's a forever thing still, but for now I know it's what's right for me. Um, Like I said, my mental health has always been a problem in my life since I was 14 when I first had my first suicidal thought. But drinking was the way I I coped with it or or distracted myself or, or filled a void of feeling alone and just drowned my my sorrows, my sadness, my depression in alcohol. And so to not have a drink in six months is just wild to me because I remember like starting this and wanting to quit and like trying three or four times and getting to, I don't know, day four or five and then I just caved in. And I had that beer on the couch. And the problem for me is that beer on the couch isn't just a beer on the couch. It is three, four, five, six, seven, eight, just at home by myself because, like I said, I don't know if I was an alcoholic, but I was addicted to the buzz. I loved being fucked up because that's what I had, I guess. I mean, looking back, I've had a really, really amazing life with with my childhood uh, to college, to my career, to my family, to my friends, to what I'm doing now with this podcast. But it's it's hard to describe kind of how I was. I mean, I, I guess I'll just kind of take you through my journey with alcohol and where it all started. I mean, I just got back from my Seho family vacation in Madeira Beach, Florida, which is outside of Tampa, kind of near St. Pete. And the first time I ever had alcohol, I was 13. And, you know, I was, I was a kid. Like it wasn't, it was like the cool thing to do. I think I had, you know, like a beer or two, but you know, I was going into my, I guess I would have been going into like eighth grade 
and then you get to high school and drinking is a much bigger thing. And so I was somebody that, you know, um, dove right in head first and that's fine. I mean, it's, you're young, you're experimenting, you're figuring out life. You're doing like what high schoolers do. And then I get to college and it's, that's when the heavy drinking really, really started for me. And I know that's part of the college experience and I'm all about that. I want people to have fun, experience experience college, but I think that's when my mental health finally like really, really started to fuck with me. And I'm sorry for cussing. I'm just going to be as raw as I possibly can because I feel like people can relate when I'm like that. Um, but I, I had my first suicidal thought when I was 14. I had a... This is a story I haven't really told publicly before, but I feel like I'm going to start doing it because there's younger people that listen to this show that can relate or maybe are experiencing something similar. Um, But I was 14, and a girl and I were texting back and forth, and long story short, um, I, you know sent an inappropriate picture of myself and this girl I'm gonna guess sent me maybe five to ten and this is before Snapchat this is I guess in 2007 and I'm 14 and I you know I didn't know what I was doing but I did it and didn't think anything of it. I never, you know, showed anyone or told anyone about these pictures that I had got or that I had sent. And then I was in the front row of a football game at my high school. And I looked behind me and I started seeing everybody start looking at their phones. And then I realized what was going on. That this girl had sent that picture of me to all of her friends and then it was getting passed around throughout the student section phone to phone and and it was it was one of the most embarrassing and traumatizing moments of my life and I remember sitting on the back of of this bus that we had for the students going to the away game and I was sitting by myself head buried in the seat crying my eyes out I got home that night, and that's when I was like, you know what? I don't want to be here. I can't face this. And so that's the first time I thought about suicide, and I went into the kitchen. I took out a knife, and I didn't do anything. I just kind of looked at it. And I remember my mom was, like, just coming out to, like, get water or a snack or something late at night, and I just threw it right back in there as quickly as possible into the um, into the, the drawer in the kitchen and went to my room. And those, like, next two months were pretty traumatizing, but that was kind of where all my mental health problems started. And I'm telling you that so that you have an idea of where I like started struggling. Because from then on, I'd always had a problem feeling alone or um, being single and, and worried about, you know, trusting girls or 
like finding a girlfriend or I just, I was always depressed and felt alone. And so throughout high school, that was an issue. I was single a lot through high school. I mean, I had a couple high school girlfriends and, um, but the drinking picked up like senior year, maybe junior year, senior year. And then drinking became a much bigger thing in college. And I had those same, um, feelings of being alone and feeling alone and seeing, you know, my friends, including my best friend being with his high school sweetheart or people, you know, dating in college and, and, and getting engaged. And, and meanwhile, I'm by myself and that alone feeling is what always, uh, hurt me with my mental health and, and gave me that depression. And that's where drinking came in and really played a huge part in my life. And I had fun. I had a great college experience at the University of Cincinnati. I loved going to UC. That's my dream school. It was my favorite team growing up. I'm from Cincinnati, so it was awesome. Dream come true. Got to do some really cool things in college and, 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 and had a ball and partied a lot made a lot of friends, went to a lot of football games and basketball games. But that feeling of being alone and being depressed is something that started when I was 14 and really didn't stop until eight months ago. And so there was a lot of drinking to cope and to cover the pain and to drink my sorrows away or the sadness. And... um it's just weird to think back at, at how much I, I have drank in my life. And so I graduate and you bounce around early on in your career in TV. And I, I worked in a small town in Georgia and I absolutely hated it. And I worked the morning show as a news reporter and I had no friends and there wasn't a dating scene there because it was a small military town and I, you know, drank a lot then by myself and I and I, I would either go, um, I did, I, I had that alone feeling, so I would drink because I was alone and sad by myself. But I also hate sitting at home by myself and being alone, so I would go out to dinner and drink by myself. That happened in Georgia, that happened when I moved to Louisiana, I was a reporter covering LSU and the Saints, and the same thing happened where like, I would go to bars by myself because I was afraid of sitting home alone and being lonely. But I would just get drunk by myself out and then I would still be depressed. Just as depressed, if not more depressed, as if I was at home by myself. And fast forward, I get my dream job in Cincinnati at, at 25 years old, being a sports reporter in my hometown covering my favorite teams, the Bengals, the Reds, University of Cincinnati, my high school. Like, it was... A dream come true, and I thought all my problems would go away because of this job and that alone feeling and that want to drink to just to wash that pain away would go away, and it didn't. Like the same feelings I had when I was 14 years old from my first real mental health problem, depression, suicidal thoughts, I carried with me throughout my entire life and alcohol played a big part in that journey and in my story 
and maybe some of you listening can can relate to that feeling of wanting to cover up that pain or 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 that alone feeling and just drinking to get that buzz and to get that high and to just get fucked up so that you can I don't know have fun forget about your problems but like it's crazy the most successful times of my career and of my life I was the unhappiest on the inside and I was you know for years and years and years drinking and a lot of times drunk every night I went out probably four or five nights a week um when I got my 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 job in Cincinnati for probably the first three to four years. And I had a ball. I had a great time. I loved going to Reds games. I loved um, meeting new people and, and going out and just having fun. But for me, because I was, I was, you know, covering up that depression, I, I, it wasn't healthy. And it took me a long, long time, literally until... I guess six months ago, because I'm six months sober, to finally say, fuck it, I can't live like this anymore. I've got to do some amazing things, have some really fun times with alcohol, and some of the best memories of my life. But I've also had some of the worst memories of my life with alcohol. And it was affecting my my personal life, my relationships, my my, my family, my friends, but most importantly, myself. And so I finally had to make that change. But it took, you know, years and years of being depressed and drunk by yourself to finally, you know, hit rock bottom, which I did in March of 2022, where I was suicidal for months and months after the Bengals Super Bowl run. And had to check myself into a mental health hospital in Cincinnati. Um, but it didn't stop after I got help and got out. I was told by my therapist for my first two years of going to therapy that I needed to quit drinking to take my antidepressant medicine. And I, I said I couldn't quit drinking. And so I didn't. And then eventually I got on the antidepressant. And I still was drinking. And that's not good. Um, I had my... Some of my worst memories in my life with my mental health with alcohol. Those drunk nights walking home thinking about jumping off the Roebling Bridge in downtown Cincinnati not wanting to live anymore because I just felt so alone or just drinking at home until I passed out because I, I, I just wanted to get so drunk to cover up that pain. Um, when you do that for 10 years of your life to cover up that alone feeling, eventually you just get tired of it. And I couldn't do this shit anymore. I had I had went out for years and years 
from Tuesday to Saturday, getting fucked up from that depression, just filling the void of the alone feeling and covering up my pain. I like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I remember the last time that I got really fucked up. It was February 3rd. And it was a night where I was out until 3, 4 in the morning, partying like crazy. And I just woke up and I said, I can't do this shit anymore. And I tried stopping a few times before and I couldn't, but this was finally just, I can't live like this anymore. And so it's been a really powerful six months of feeling like the best I have ever felt in my life mentally and not having those depressing drunk thoughts has been amazing. And so if there's anyone out there listening that has ever thought about drinking and how it affects your mental health and how depressed you are, or maybe you've had those same suicidal thoughts that I did when I was drunk for so many years, try quitting, take a break. I promise it will help you with your mental health. For me, I I hope that maybe it motivates one of you to quit drinking. I've seen some really, really inspiring messages and emails about some of you that have been sober for a year, for five years, for 10 years, or maybe you're on this journey with me and you start quitting drinking right around the same time or because you saw me quit. We're all on this journey together and quitting drinking can really, 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 really help your mental health. For me, one of my biggest motivations and when it clicked for me the moment was when I woke up that morning hung over for the very last time and then I was listening to Theo Vaughn's podcast when he was interviewing Logic and Logic asked him Theo why like do you have to be sober why can't you drink are you an alcoholic and Theo stopped and said something along the lines of I don't want to be so fucked up that I miss this interview with you and I'm not here or I miss this show tomorrow or, or, or miss this podcast. And that's when it hit me. Like my dream is right in front of me. I, I can't keep doing this and living like this when I have a chance to live out my dream. Like it's not worth it. It's not worth living drunk and depressed like I have for so many years and so many nights and so many terrible, terrible thoughts of suicide in my head. It's not worth all that shit anymore. And it's been really cool these last six months. So I give give credit to, to people like Theo that are speaking out about it. There are way more people that are famous, your favorite athletes and celebrities that are that are sober, 
Theo's one of them. Jack Harlow talked about he doesn't have a drinking problem, but he just wanted to quit drinking so that he can focus on his dream. And this is his moment. And I resonated with that. And that motivated me. But there's people like Bradley Cooper and big movie stars. There's people in your own backyard that you would never guess are sober, quit drinking. I've learned that. I've had so many people reach out that are in my friend group or that I knew in college to people that are, you know, famous or or athletes I used to work with or coaches. Like, there's way more people sober than you think. And for me, like, when I was on the other side of it, I thought, ah, that's, you know, when I was younger, like, that's weird that you're not drinking or why can't you just have one? Now I get it because I see how much it helps me in my life and my mental health. And it's been amazing how accepting people are. I go to the same bars now that I used to get fucked up at and I go out and those bartenders, instead of the Coors Light and the Jameson shots, they give me a Powerade, a lemonade, and then I take a water shot with my friends. Like People are so accepting when they see that it helps you and and for yourself when you realize how much it helps your mental health. I don't know if it's a forever thing, but for now I know it's the best thing for me to be happy. And I'm living my dream. And so I just wanted to share my journey of what it's been like to be sober for six months. And I can't wait to celebrate with all of you when I hit that year mark and see where we're at. Because I I posted a, a few days ago or a couple weeks ago about how this shit isn't easy and it's not. I am the Mental Game Podcast. I'm doing every single thing from emailing, calling, booking every single guest to setting up every interview to editing every single video and and every episode to the business side, to the marketing side. Like, I am, this is my life. This is my dream and I truly feel like I am at that tip of the iceberg moment. I can't thank all of you enough for supporting me and, and... and helping me live this dream because I truly do want to help people never feel like I did where I was suicidal, where I was depressed, where I didn't want to be here. And this has been so cool to live out that dream. My dream was to always, it sounds crazy, but my dream was to host the tonight show. And I feel like I'm doing that in my own way. And and I'm living a new purpose in life with this podcast. And there's going to be so much, exciting things coming up. I can't like tell you it because I'm not a hundred percent on all of it, but the biggest guests I've ever had are coming up. It's going to be like, it's going to be some really, really amazing conversations. Live podcasts are going to be a thing where you can come out and watch me and my guests do a podcast. You can ask questions during the episode. We can talk in person afterwards. It's going to be a really cool thing. I have impactful partnerships that are about to start with with mental health partners, with brands that want to save lives and, and, and break the stigma with me. I'm working my ass off, but I know it's all going to be worth it. It might, it it might happen in, in three months. It might happen in six months. It might happen in a year. It might happen in five years, but I'm determined to make this the biggest and most impactful mental health podcast in the world. And that might sound crazy to all of you, but that's how my mind works. I go for go for my dreams and that's that's the dream I have.
and it's been an incredible journey so far. And I can't thank every single one of you enough for playing a part in this journey, whether it be comments, retweets, emails, messages, coming up to me when I'm at a bar, sober of course, and talking to me about the podcast or telling me your mental health story and things that you've gone through. We're all on this journey together. Your story is my story and I hope that I can keep this as genuine and as helpful as it's been these first. I started it in November. I literally quit my job like a year ago next week and look at where we're at now. I never could have imagined this is where my journey would take me. But thank all of you for being on it with me. I'm living I'm living this dream. We're going to help so many people. And I love having the mental game. It, it has been a life-changing thing for me. And quitting drinking has been life-changing too. So give it a shot if you, if you need to. Take a break. You're going to see how much it helps your mental health. And it's going to help you be the happiest version of you. That's what it's done for me. And I just wanted to tell my story about sobriety. We're going to celebrate a year in six months. It's going to be fun. And we're going to have a lot more bigger, fun things happening on the podcast. I can't thank all of you enough. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to me just talk. I'm going to try to be more uh, just kind of real and, and not that sports reporter voice and broadcasting voice and personality on the show. Um, but I'll see everybody right back here next week or this is next week, in a couple days. My next guest is a country artist. That's your hint. But thank you all again. I love every single one of you. Let's keep breaking the stigma together. Love y'all. Talk soon.